sound of your cry. That's my message for this morning. And we're going to be reading a passage from Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. We're going to be reading from verse 18. It says, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. God wants to bless his children, and God is waiting for that time to surprise you with his grace. Now, how many of you guys here know what the word grace means? Anyone? Let me hear some, some of the things you think. Say it again. God's undeserved favor. Wow, give it up for Adina. Woo! Okay, anyone here in this side of the, of the room, what do you think grace means? A ver, Ash, ¿está que se habla? Something you don't deserve. So grace is related with favor. Say with me, favor. And favor is God's gifts. God wants to bless you with gifts beyond your imagination. Now, those gifts are not just like a nice car, a nice house, things like that. But it goes beyond. The gifts that God offers is peace of mind. How many of you here would love to have peace of mind, peace of heart, a purpose, how many of you guys want to find that purpose? So God in this word is telling us he is waiting to give us that grace. He is waiting for the time that he can pour out his grace, the blessings from heaven upon our lives. So tell the person next to you, God wants to bless you. So we're going to look on verse 19. For a people shall dwell in Zion. And Zion represents the church. God wants us to dwell in a relationship with God. And it says, you shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. So this passage teaches us something. That God, there's like, I don't know if you guys been to a house where there's a doorbell. And you go to a house, your friend's house. Maybe you, you're not really in that place that you just open your, the door and go in. But you first, you do what? You knock the door. And then if they don't hear, you press the doorbell. How many of you have done that? Now, God is telling us something. He's saying, there's a place of blessing that I have reserved for you. There are numerous 
things, favors that I have for my people. But God is saying, but I am waiting for what? For them to come and do something very simple. And it's ring that doorbell. How? How do you ring that doorbell? It says, at the sound of your cry. So there are different types of cries. My, I have two babies. One is a big baby. He's three years old, and he's in the back hiding from me. Noah, I can see you. I can see you didn't go to kids' church. <laughs> we'll talk later. Um, and then I have a little baby. He's one year old. Now, you as a mother, how many moms do we have in the house? Woo! You start learning that there's different cries, sounds of cries. So there's this cry that is like, Wah! like I called it, I call it a, a fake cry. No tears. It's just the fakest cry of all. And I'm like, that's such a fake cry. Why are you crying like that? They just want attention. Then there's another type of cry when they're hungry. Now, mothers, my sister taught me something. The hunger cry is a late sign that we took too long to feed our baby. So when they start crying at the top of the lungs, that's a cry of hunger. They're starving. And then you as a mother start going super fast, making a bottle. Oh, my God, the baby's hungry. The baby's hungry. And the baby's crying and crying. And the cry grows louder and louder and louder. And that's another type of cry. Now, there's cries of that they're tired. There's different cries. But when a baby, when your child starts crying, the normal reaction of the parent is to what? To respond to that cry, right? We weren't just like, oh, you know, the baby's crying. Like, for example, the other day I put my baby in the crib to sleep. And usually, he, maybe he cries for like 30 seconds, a minute, and he falls asleep on his own in his crib. But this time, he started crying, he started crying. So like 10 minutes later, I was like, mm, there's something not right. So I went in to check if everything was okay, and he had done a massive poo. So that's why he was crying. They tell us something through their cry. Now, when we hear and listen this passage, it says, He will surely, who? God, your Father. Because you have a Father. And He wants to be gracious to you. But He's waiting for what? For the sound of your cry. He will pour down His blessings, His mercies, His favors at the sound of your cry. So tell the person next to you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Now, I'm going to talk about different types of cry. Uh, the first one. Because we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. Because Jesus in this passage shows how we as his people can get to that place of blessing. God wants to bless his people, and God wants to bless each one of us. The blessing of God is complete. 
First of all, it's a spiritual blessing. You, your heart is fulfilled in Jesus. Second of all, it's a physical blessing. If there's sickness, God can heal you. And third of all, there's a family blessing and financial blessing as well. So the blessing of God is complete. Now, let's look what this, this passage says. Matthew 5, chapter 3. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why don't you say that with me? Ready? One, two, three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, this word blessed means extreme, extreme happiness extreme joy that you feel like you don't want to change yourself for no one else in the world how many of you guys would like to experience that that's the blessings of God but it's reserved and Jesus said blessed are the poor in spirit so I want to talk today about different types of Christ that we can have before God Different ways that you can knock on the blessings from heaven, on the door gates of heaven, so that those doors may open and you don't have to chase the blessing, but the blessing will chase you. How many of you say amen? Amen. Why don't we give God a great round of applause? The first type of cry is a cry for help. A cry for help because it's talking about the poor in spirit about um, 20 years ago time flies 20 years ago we experienced as a family one of the the hardest situations that we've ever been through my dad he was driving his car. We were going to my sister's birthday. And at that time, out of the blue, two guys came on a bicycle and they started shooting at my dad. My dad was shot five times and my mom was shot once. At that time, we, were, we realized two things. First, the, the fra fragility of life, that you never know When's your day to, to go to heaven? And second, the mercy of God, that we all depend on God's mercy. But at that time that we were in need, my dad was bleeding, there was no one around us. My, I remember my sister Johanna, who's the oldest, she came out of the car and she started crying out for help. She started telling people what had happen and someone needed to come and help us because both my parents were bleeding to death pretty much and every second was the life of my parents so at that time she got out the car and she started crying out help we need help anyone and then two guys who happened to be there when they saw the situation they got in the car they moved my dad in the back of the car. They moved my mom too. We stayed over there and they drove 
super fast to the hospital because ambulances don't just come fast in Colombia. <laughs> That's the real thing. But that was a cry for help, a cry of desperation, a cry that we knew that, you know, what we did was going to affect our lives directly. And now when Jesus says the poor of spirit, he's not talking about a poor self-image. Or he's not talking about being poor in our possessions. But he's talking about the kind of poverty that you realize that without God, that even though if you have everything, but if you don't have Christ, then you don't have anything. That's the poor of spirit. Knowing that without God, you are nothing. That your life, everything you are, every day you live is because of the mercy and the grace of God. This um, week I've been reading this book called The Secret of Happiness by Billy Graham. How many of you guys have heard of Billy Graham? One of the greatest evangelists. And he said this, no man is more pathetic than he who is in great need and is not aware of it. So many times we are in desperation. We know there's something wrong in our lives. We know that we're dying inside. But we don't acknowledge that. And we just simply believe that if we don't think about it, that if we try to get distracted by different things of the world, it's going to sort out on its own. But God is telling us through this word, is the time to cry. Cry to God for help. Have the humility to bow down your head and really acknowledge that your creator has given you everything. He's giving you breath. He's giving you a new day. How many of you guys woke up this morning and saw the sunrise and you were able to speak, to hear? That's the gift our Creator has given us. You are alive because of God. And you are here because of God. And without God, we are nothing. So when we come to the point that we understand, Lord, without you, we are nothing, we're going to have that cry of the poor in the spirit. And then your life is going to be blessed. How many of you say amen? So a cry for help is a cry of surrender. It's a cry that you say, Lord, you know what? I've tried it a lot of ways. I tried it my own ways, but I know the only way is you. The only one who can help me is Jesus Christ. How many of you say amen? Amen. Now, the second type of cry is a cry of repentance. We're going to keep reading from Matthew 5, verse 4. It says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. Now, the type of mourn, this passage is talking about or weeping or crying is a crying of repentance. About two months ago, me and my husband, we went 
for a week of vacation. How many of you guys like vacations? Woo! And we were in, in the beautiful nation of Brazil. And my husband, he's such a good husband. Every day he wakes me up with a fresh Colombian coffee. But since we were at the hotel, um, he had to go outside the room. So he said, honey, I'm going to go find you some coffee. I'll be right back. And so I was like, okay. He went. 20 minutes later, he came back, but he didn't have a coffee. And he came back with like a pain in his hand. And he's like, guess what happened to me? As I was coming back, well, first of all, the coffee shop was closed. So that was a fail. But then when I was coming back, I saw this bush. And since I'm very tall, he told me, I decided to jump over the bush. But guess what? He miscalculated. Something went wrong there. I wasn't there. And he tripped super hard and fell on his butt and on his hand. And he showed me his finger. It was like purple, this one. And he told me, and you know what? I cannot feel my finger. It's completely numb. I don't feel anything. Five days later, I'm like, honey, do you still don't fi feel your finger? Nope. Completely numb. Why? Because he fell. And you know, God spoke to me through that illustration. And God said, many times, that's what happened to my children. They fall into something called sin. The first time they sin, it hurts. But then they keep doing it again. And they get used to sin. And they come to a point where it doesn't really hurt them anymore. They're completely numb in your spirit. So the second type of cry is a cry of repentance. A cry of being genuinely sorry in our hearts for failing God. About two weeks ago, I was in Bogota. And I was having this time of, of sharing with this young lady. She's, I believe she's two years younger than me. Um, her whole family comes to church. They've been coming to church in Colombia for many years. But when she was young, she decided to, to go her way. She didn't want to do anything with church. She got into this relationship with this guy and she told me it got really, like, nasty. Like, they started cheating on each other openly. Now they have two kids. Then the fights began. He was abusively, verbally abusive to her. But she was the same to him. So it was that situation to the point that the week before I saw her, the guy just punched her super hard in the face. She went down in the stairs and her face was completely bruised. But I, as I was talking to her, I was sharing with her these, the story of the prodigal son. And I said, you know what? There comes a point in our lives where the circumstances, the things we're going through, have to create in us like that moment of stopping and of 
asking ourselves, do we want to continue living that life? And that happened to the prodigal son. He came to the point where he was very, very low. And when he acknowledged that he had sinned against his father. And he said, Father, you know what? I'm going to stand up. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go back to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I'm not worthy to be called your son. A cry of repentance. This girl had that cry of repentance when I talked to her. She really wanted a change. And you see, that's repentance. Repentance is a change in a way of thinking. And I believe there's people in this place that they've been far away from God, that they have allowed sin in their hearts little by little, and their spirits are numb. You came to the point that you don't feel anymore. You maybe watched something bad on your Netflix the first time you felt like Rich was saying your conscience moved you, but then the second time, the third time, the fourth time, and now you just don't feel. But God wants you to go today to that door, through that door of repentance. How many of you say amen? So blessed are the ones that weep. For they shall find the comfort of God. And the third type of, of cry is a cry of hunger. Verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You know, when my son Noah was born, I had him um, through C-section, so they put like some really strong medicine on me and I was out for like two hours. But during those two hours, Noah was crying and crying and crying to the point that my mom, how many of you guys know my mom, our pastor, she got worried. She's like, oh my God, there's something wrong with the baby. He's crying too hard. But we all know what the baby had. And what do you think he had? He was hungry. He had that desire for milk. Why? Because that's a natural reaction of telling the world that we are alive. Something is wrong in us if we don't experience that hunger. Now, let me ask you something. How hungry are you for the things of God? How hungry are you for God's word? How hungry are you to really have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? When you are hungry, that's a sign that you are alive in your spirit. But where you're not hungry, that means that maybe your spirit is dead. Why? Because of sin. But the Holy Spirit wants to make you alive. Happy is the person who has learned the secret in daily prayer. If you are alive in God, then that's going to take you to seek him daily through his word. God wants to, you know, when you're hungry in the natural, in your physical body, there's something inside of you that roars. And it's called your stomach. 
right? And your stomach starts going, maybe it's happening this right now inside of you. And it starts like, and you're like, oh no, not now, everything's quiet. But that's a sign that you are alive. Tell the person next to you, you are alive. That's a normal state of being. When we're hungry, that's a good sign. But what happened when we're not hungry? Something's wrong. And you know what? God wants to bring that hunger for righteousness. What is righteousness? Jesus Christ. Jesus is righteousness. Jesus is the only one that can teach us to achieve that righteousness. And the Holy Spirit wants us to do that. Hunger for his word. That you may eat the word of God every day. Start maybe by 15 minutes. 15 minutes every day that you start your day giving it God the first place in your life. And you're going to see the change in your life. And you're going to see how God's going to bless you. He's going to put people around you. He's going to give you creativity. He's going to make you feel alive if you are hunger and you thirst righteousness. I want to finish by, by sharing about the early church. Because the early church, after Jesus went to heaven, there were only a few disciples. Around like 120 the Bible says. But the Bible says that this 120 men and women changed and turned the world upside down. In other words, they were able to bring a spiritual revolution to society, to the Roman Empire, and they changed the world. Today, we are here in this place because of those 120. But let me tell you something that these 120 people had. Maybe they had many problems. Maybe they were experiencing persecution. Maybe they didn't have a home. But they had one thing. And they were hungry and thirsty for God, for righteousness. And those 120 men changed the world. And God is telling us today that if we put God first in our lives, that if we don't play the game of religion, because the thing with many of us is that we get used to the Bible. We get used to the name of Jesus. We think that, oh yeah, I'm going to do God a favor. I'm going to go to church today. You know, God, God needs me in church. But God wants to change things around. We are nothing without God. And when you allow God to be the first one in your hearts, you're going to see the change. And you're going to be able to turn your world upside down. You're going to be able to conquer and move forward and fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. How many of you say amen? It says, I'm going to go back to Isaiah. And I'm going to ask Lorena, maybe she can come. And it says, for a people shall dwell in Zion, and you shall weep no more. Maybe there's people that are in pain, emotional pain right now. But he will be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. That's the only thing we need to, to do. And as soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity, 
or the water of affliction, yet your teacher, your master, Jesus Christ, will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear the word behind you, saying, this is the way, walk in it. You see, God wants to lead you in this thing called life. Because life, life is full of surprises. We would all love to have a perfect life with no problems. Everything works out fine. But we know we have to face different situations. And the best way to live the most and to fulfill the purpose in your life is when you have a guide. And when you allow Jesus to guide you. And he says, this is the way. He will lead you. And when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, then you will defile your carved idols. And you will scatter them as unclean things. And you will say to them, be gone. God is maybe reminding you of things, idols, things that are not right in your life. That today you have to get rid of them. You, today you have to say to sin, be gone. Today you have to say to pornography, be gone. Today you have to say to unfaithfulness, be gone. Because if you want to live, that blessedness of God is the only way. And it says, and He will give you rain for the seed, which you sow the ground and your bread and the produce of your ground. So it speaks of all these blessings that will come upon you when you put God first. How many of you say amen? So I would like you to stand up, please, to get on your feet. Because I certainly believe that a church is a place of change. That when we come in through the doors of church, we're supposed to go out a different way. The Bible speaks of this young woman, maybe not so young, maybe in her 40s who was going through a very hard situation but she decided to touch the garments of Jesus and the Bible says that this woman extracted was able to to get out from Jesus the power that type of power electricity power to change and now each of us we have that ability to to get from Jesus that power Maybe it's healing power. Maybe it's a power to change you inside out, your emotions. Maybe you've been in depression. I don't know what your need is, but I know that you have something called a mouth. And I know that from that mouth, you can cry out to God. And, you, and if you believe this word of God, that at the sound of your cry, God will answer you from heaven and you will change. And you are going to be a person that God can transform the world if you believe Him, if you put God first. You know, God doesn't want us to be a multitude of lukewarm Christians. God wants to be us all in for Christ, all in for Him, because He wants to bless a people. He wants to raise up a generation of people that are full of light. That wherever you go, people are going to look at you and they're going to say, I want what you have. I want what that person has. I want that family that she's been 
bracing up. I want to have that kind of marriage. I want to have that kind of purpose because I want the Jesus that you serve. That's what the world needs to see. Now, let me tell you something. You don't serve a God who's dead. You serve a God who's alive and who's brought you to this place to change. God wants you to change today. Say with me today. Not tomorrow. Not in a month. Not in a year. Today we can change. You know, change is happening around the world. Change is happening in Colombia. Every week, thousands of people run to the altar of God and they say yes to Jesus. Change is happening in the Philippines. Change is happening in Singapore. But let me tell you something. Change is happening right now in Miami, in South Florida, in a group of young people that are in this place that are going to turn the world upside down. You know what? The world doesn't need thousands of Christians. The world needs a few that say yes to Jesus Christ. The world needs you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. Let's not hunger for pornography. Let's not hunger for drug addiction. Let's hunger for what is right. And you're in this place because God has placed that desire. Because you long to change. Because you know you have a God who's real, who can change your life. So why don't you lift up your hands to heaven and start crying out to Him. Because at the sound of your cry, not of my cry, not of the cry of the pastor, but of our cry. At the sound of your cry, the Lord tells us He will answer you. He will answer us. At the sound of the cry of the church in South Florida. At the sound of this wonderful people that are gathered here today. At the sound of that cry for help of that cry for repentance, of that cry for righteousness. I don't know what you need to die today. I don't know if you need help, if you feel lost, if you don't know what steps to take. But today, cry out to God because God will answer you from heaven because he will send his answers. And I'm gonna invite Rich. If you need to know this song, lift up your voice. Your kingdom come, your will. 